Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Tony Todd, a.k.a. Candyman, Not Living Dead, Final Destination. You're listening to the Horror Squad Podcast. back to the Horse Squad podcast episode number 238. Tonight we're talking about Jordan Peele's Nope, which is currently in theaters. I'm one of your co-host Todd. We have Steve Joe is absent tonight. He's uh, working late all week and next week. Bummer. We do have some interviews, Steve. Yeah, that's right. So uh, Joe actually did these interviews while it was uh, out with COVID. So he interviewed the director and two stars from the movie Slapface, which you can find over on VOD and Shudder. Uh, I'm going to talk about the uh, my review of Slap Face during our What Watch segment, but the interview is with the director and writer Jeremiah Kipp and the two stars, August Maturo and Mike Manning. So just check it out. After the end of the episode, you can see uh, that interview is really good. Cool. You sound better, and you guys had a successful uh, movie club this past Friday? Yeah, we did. Uh, yeah, a lot of people showed up. It was a lot of fun. Uh, we had reviewed uh, Vampires versus the Bronx which, if you haven't watched, is over on Netflix and is a actually a pretty decent movie. Uh, we were all around like the 7 out of 10 range uh, as a score, so I think that's pretty good for a movie like that. It reminds us a lot of The Lost Boys and Fright Night. Um, it's actually a well-made movie, and I'm glad that we watched it. Uh, our next movie club is at the end of the month, and right now we're taking like submissions for a comedy horror and we're probably going to vote over the course of the week. And at the end of the month, we'll review whatever wins that vote. So, yeah, it should be exciting. Very cool. And another club, uh, book club is officially back on. Uh, we're going to review Pet Cemetery, Stephen King's Pet Cemetery. Uh, at the end of the month, we'll get the details together when we're going to do a live hangout similar to Movie Club. But yeah, Pet Cemetery, if you're into reading or audiobooks, um, hop on the Discord, join our group, and we will give you the link so we can all hang out and talk about it. Because I've personally never read it before. And I've heard um, good things about it, so I'm pumped. Of course, I've seen the original and the remake movies. I don't think I've seen the sequel, to be honest with you, but maybe in the future. And we were joined by Steve's cat. Yeah, which I don't know if you saw it on Discord, but we got them. We got him a fucking line cut, so he's like bald with like oh furry God. legs, <laughs> so and his, his back is just like a. Oh my gosh! Uh, on it, yeah, it's uh, it's not what we expected, but. Uh, he looks a little ridiculous. What did you expect? <laughs> I don't. I don't know. Like I didn't know what to expect. I thought he'd be a little, I guess, furrier. But uh, now he's like he shaved the shit out of him, dude. Yeah, but they kept his face the same, so he looks like a bobblehead. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah, uh, that reminds me. I actually went to like a Tiger King like tiger rescue before all the animal lovers get all up in arms. It's a rescue, so they you know get these cats from like people that like you know drug dealers and. Uh, keeping them in cages they have their stories outside their cages and they're really well taken care of waterfalls and all the enclosures things like that anyway um a, a male lion he growled at me so that was pretty cool so i walked away so i've been uh growled at by a male lion which is awesome and uh went to the pool this weekend super hot still in texas which sucks everyone keeps telling me it's not normal but i think they're all lying to me because they want my tax money but uh yeah yeah actually uh i just came out of nope like an hour ago and uh, there's they showed a trailer for Beast. I don't know if you saw that trailer too. I did, uh, yeah, the lion one. Yeah, it looks pretty cool. Like we don't see a lion, you know, creature features. So I'm kind of pumped about it. What was that one? I think Val Kilmer. Was it Val Kilmer? I don't know. They were hunting like the uh, lions were like um, 
terrorizing like a railroad project and they brought in like a hunter ghost in the abyss or something hmm, i haven't seen that maybe one maybe from the 90s i'll have to look it up when when you're talking yeah. but uh and then there's one called um prey i think a couple years back but this one looks hmm. pretty cool i like the actors yeah it does yeah i actually had a great trailer for this uh there was also an exorcism film which i didn't catch the name but um pray for the devil that's right yeah it looks amazing like, yeah, yeah it looks freaking cool I can't wait to see that. That's around Halloween. So, it's, uh, did you I, see the one for um, Smile? Yeah, yeah, I've seen that one. And if actually, yeah, so that th- trailer's been out for a few movies right now. Has so it? I've probably seen three or four movies in the last few months. So looks good too. I mean, thankfully because this year has not been the greatest. So I'm uh, looking forward to having a better back half than front half of the year. We'll see. Yeah, and then I finally saw the Halloween trailer, and you guys are right; it doesn't give anything away besides Laurie and Michael fighting, which we already knew was going to happen anyway. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah my my wife freaked out. She's like, "Oh no, no I don't want to see it." I'm like, no, "Don't worry about it. There's really nothing here." Uh, um, did you watch the Spirit Halloween trailer? I did. Yeah, what do you think? I think it looks like it'd be fun. I think it it really looks a lot like Goosebumps, and I think that's a really cool premise to be stuck inside a Spirit Halloween store. Because I think we all think about that when we go into them. So. Yeah, I'm I agree. Interested. I agree. Yeah. It looks like a fun, you know, it's like a good intro to horror for kids. You know, I can sure. see kids really liking this and I'm pumped. You know, I like Spirit Halloween, so I think it'll be a fun just little film. Hopefully it's turns out to actually be good, but uh, I guess we'll see this Halloween. I don't know. I didn't catch where it was. I think it said VOD. So, Did it? I I, yeah, I don't know if it'll be streaming anywhere, but um, I'll probably check it out. I thought I found the movie, but I did not. It's the ghost something, man. Oh, the ghost and the darkness. There it is. Okay, cool. From 1996, and it has Val Kilmer and Michael Douglas in there. Nice. Yeah, I remember it being cool, but I haven't seen it since then. Very cool. So I watched. Yeah, let's do what I watched. You got okay. anything? I do. I have one from 2022, and this one's over on Shutter. It's called Moloch. M O M O L O C H. Yeah, Moloch. And I believe it is a, let's see what country it's from. It's from the Netherlands and currently streaming on Shutter. And it is about a, uh, if you guys are familiar with what bogs are, it's kind of like a swampy kind of thing where they uh, tend to find bodies that are super well preserved. Um, so this uh, lady and her young uh, daughter live with the grandparents over by the bog and the scientists come and they start uncovering um, old bodies and stuff and of course like spooky stuff starts happening it turns out there's a local legend where you sacrifice a female to like the bog creature slash witch thing and then of course nothing bad happens for, for a certain amount of time you know lo and behold something starts happening bodies start turning up dudes start getting this urge to just go out into the bog and start digging for no reason then dying of like cardiac arrest um it's really cool it's really folksy um it's like a folk tale and it's really, it's really slow. Um, it has this random sex scene in the middle of the bog that comes out of nowhere where they just start banging and it's like super out of place. But other than that, it's pretty solid. I gave it a three out of five on um, Letterboxd. If you like the uh, kind of folktale kind of horror similar to, um, oh gosh, what's that one? Uh, Minsamar, but obviously not as good. Then I think you would like this one uh, over on Shudder. That's Moloch 2022. So if you need some 2022 films, uh, you can do worse. That's all I had actually. Oh, okay. Uh, I have a lot because I've been sick. So basically all I was been doing for the last two weeks, th- two, three weeks, I've been watching movies almost like four a day. So a lot of movies to talk about, but I only talked about three, uh, the three that kind of stood out the most. The first one is the one that we have the interview for at the end of the episode. And that's 2022 Slapface, 
I watched it over on Shudder. This one, a boy deals with the loss of his mother by creating a relationship with a dangerous monster. So basically, uh, this boy is alone. He's living with his older brother. And um, they, whenever they have some kind of argument with each other, for whatever reason, they, they play a game called Slap Face, where they slap each other across the face. And that's supposed to like... As boys do, as boys do. Yeah, it gets a little, it gets a little intense though. Like it's a, it's a little bit of an intense uh, game of slap face there, and uh, he's just having a hard, you know, a hard time with life. His girlfriend is really like abusive, like emotionally abusive to him, and people pick on him at school and everything like that. So he finds this witch in the woods that's a really creepy design, like a really cool witchy design, and he befriends this witch, and then it just becomes where. The witch starts doing bad shit and they blame the kid for it. And he's like, the witch is trying to help him. At the same time, it's kind of hurting him at the same time. You know, it's like that kind of uh, relationship that they have. And yeah, it's it's basically the story about how he's dealing with his issues slash trying to deal with the witch, trying to save his friends and his family uh, while the witch is, re- is getting really jealous. It's going to really create havoc in his life. Uh, I think it's a solid film, uh, and I know Joe did as well. He'll probably talk about it in a what watch in a future episode. There's a lot of metaphors at play here uh, regarding the witch and what's going on, and I really like that. I think it's a clever way of showing a story that we've kind of seen before, and I really like the design of the witch. The kills are fucking brutal, and I think this is one to check out over on Shutter. and that's a, it's a 2022 film, so like you, it's a good way to pad your 2022 uh watch list for the year i did have Uh, a book actually oh good the last house on needless street uh written by katriana ward and uh the less you know about this one the better if you like unreliable narrators where you're following the first character along and you don't know if they're lying to you or not or if they're mentally unstable if they're dreaming a combination of all that then you will definitely like this it's one that you have to pay attention to it's not a quick read where you can just you know read a couple minutes before bed this one will uh definitely um require your undivided attention when you're reading it so go into that knowing that but essentially it's about a uh, young girl around six or something she she's at the lake with her family she gets kidnapped uh flash forward a number of years and her older sister who's at the lake with her that day is on a quest to find who kidnapped her so she goes through like police uh, evidence and she has a detective friend that like kind of gives her tips but she doesn't really help her out that much so she's frustrated um and then meanwhile you have this uh character that's her like main focus and he's like a recluse he has all his windows boarded up he talks to his cat like it's a person so you're like is this guy a fucking murderer and then i'll I'll leave it at that because like everyone in the story you don't know who's telling the truth who's not who's full of shit who's crazy and it is a very good read so that's the last house on needless street um and i also started what we do in the shadow season four i've only watched episode one did you watch started yet steve yeah, I'm up to date. Okay. I was a little disappointed with that. I started because how season three ended, I'm like, okay, they're all branching off. Um, and then this one pretty much has them back in the house like 10 minutes in the episode. But uh, I still love the characters. I love the premise. I love the setup. So I'm looking forward to uh, continuing that. Yeah, uh, I kind of agree. It, it wasn't the strongest start. Um, I think there are elements that I like. I'm not a big fan of what they're doing with Colin right now. Uh, I think ba- baby Colin, baby Colin, uh, it's creepy. <laughs> and, it is. It is. Uh, and it was funny for a little bit, but it's like, there's too much attention on it now, especially with the last episode. Although it was a solid episode. I think his involvement is is a little, 
annoying. Uh, I like Nadja's, uh, you know, like club. So hopefully that brings us to places. Uh, the only problem with the season so far that I really have is that you don't see enough interaction between the group. They, they're all off on their kind of little adventures. Like they're all together within the same area, but they're all doing kind of their own thing within that area. Whereas what I like the most about the show is when it's just them like riffing off each other. Uh, and even at the house, I like the best scenes to me are all at the house and you barely stay in the house in the season. So uh, still looking forward to it. I still fucking love the show, but I don't think it has quite the same magic it did in the first two seasons. But hopefully it gets better. Yeah, I'm still gonna watch it. It's hard to capture that that magic that they brought, but who knows? Yeah, absolutely. Um, my next one is a movie from 2013, which I watched over on Tubi, and it's called Hell Baby. So uh, this one stars uh, Rob Corddry. He's kind of the guy that looks like Colin Robinson, and I always confuse the two in movies. He was also um, in um, Hot Tub Time Machine. Hot, yeah, Hot Tub Time Machine, okay. and he was in that does what's that zombie movie that. For how, uh, for warm bodies, warm body, yeah, that's right. He was the in warm bodies as well. Just, man, <laughs> uh, Keegan Michael Keys is in this as well. So, in this one, uh, he, he and his wife move to a haunted house and uh, she's pregnant and they have a hell baby, and that's really the premise of the movie. There's not too much more than that. Uh, this movie starts off shaky. I didn't really know what the hell was going on. Uh, it's kind of goofy and it's a little like low budget and. I was just like, I don't know, it's not really funny. I don't know what really what they're going for here. But as the movie is progressing, I started like understanding what the movie was going for. And after that, I, I started really liking it. Uh, a really fucking random shit happens in this movie. And then they turn up the gore all of a sudden, like midway through the movie. And it just had a charm to it that I can't uh, quite explain. Um, it's like one of those so bad that it's good movies but it has somewhat of like quality budget it's not like a you know shot on video thing or anything like that i mean there are legit actors in this and stuff like that and by the end of it i was like okay this is not bad uh, i've never heard anyone talk about this movie and it's been out for almost a decade uh, it's just something i happened to fall on on tubi and uh it's totally worth it so that's hell baby from 2013 never even heard of that one yeah, neither had I. I don't even remember what made me want to watch it, but the title. It could have been the poster if it's too. Yeah, many. <laughs> yeah let me look at the poster real quick because they have the best fucking posters too. Yeah, yeah it's, it's it's not even that. Like the one on Letterbox isn't even that great, so I don't even know. Uh, Let's see here, what it was. Hell, baby. Oh, I don't even have it on. Oh, actually, no, it's stupid Tubi trying to get me to watch what they want me to watch. <laughs> Oh, hell, baby. Yeah, it's a girl with boobs. That's probably what made you Maybe. <laughs> watch it. <laughs> and my last one this week is a movie from 2022. Uh, now that the 80s list is like pretty much done, we're doing that episode in two weeks. I'm moving forward, like I'm moving forward with 2022 movies, just trying to, you know, make that list a little bit better. So I saw this go on Tubi and I saw the original. Uh, it's called Jack in the Box. And I didn't really like the original. It was like, 2019 or 2020 but they made a sequel called jack in the box awakening so i'm like you know what fuck it why not uh i'll give it a shot and honestly i was surprised it was way better than the original so in this sequel um a woman is dying of cancer and she pays someone to find the jack in the box for her and the way it works is that you crank it up 
and you have to give the jack in the box six victims and he'll grant you a wish so in her case it's to live again or to to cure her cancer and uh yeah it's that's basically the premise of it is her it's mostly her hiring like um assistants and uh, maids and stuff like that so she can feed him to the box and it was actually not too bad uh the the there's a lot of drama between the servants and the maids and everything which was kind of pointless and all that is really slow but when it gets the actual jack-in-the-box stuff it's actually a very frightening and b uh, really gory and actually really good uh i was surprised by how good uh, this movie was compared to its to the original so uh i mean it's not still not a great film but if you even somewhat like the original or you thought the original had potential but didn't fulfill it this one does so a little bit more so you could check it out on tubi and that's jack in the box awakening oh that sounds interesting <laughs> yeah have you seen the original no oh, yeah i know joe did so it's uh it's just one of those that like the trailer was really creepy when it came out. I think we even talked about the trailer on the show at some point, but the movie really didn't deliver. But this one did a better job of it. Just mm. it's too much filler with like drama that didn't really need it. You know, it's yeah. like probably the pad runtime. Yeah, exactly. It's not that long, thankfully. It's not like a two hour film or anything. It's like an hour 20 or something. So uh, at least there's that. But yeah, it was the Jack in the Box stuff was actually really cool and a very cool design on the Jack in the Box himself. And yeah, I liked it. Very cool. Well, obviously, we can't do trivia tonight, um, and no news, so I guess we get straight into Nope. Yeah, and we have a lot it. of questions. Uh, before we begin with Nope, though, I want to read some of these uh, reviews on Letterboxd, because it seems like this movie is, like, people trying to do the the funniest review, you know, the one-liner shit, so I'll say, I say a couple, and uh, warning, a lot of these are sexual in nature based on what the creature is. Also, double warning. Uh, we're going to spoil the heck out of Nope, so if you haven't seen any plans to see in the future, please do not listen until you do that. We're not liable for you getting uh, spoiled. This person says, this is what uh, this is my Don't Look Up, which I guess is a movie from Netflix. Uh, have you seen giant... that one? No, I haven't. Have you? Yeah, I did. It wasn't good. Don't. Uh, uh, yeah. A lot of amazing actors like DiCaprio and like a, right. um, a lot of great people, but the movie was just really slow and kind of pointless. So Yeah. yeah. Uh, this person says, giant gaping butthole in the sky eats Californians. Got to go home and murder my Ikea plush monkey immediately. Uh, I want to have sex with the alien. Is that weird? <laughs> uh, don't look at me while I'm sucking you off. And um, <laughs> my personal favorite from a girl named Grace Spielman. That's what my pussy looks like. Oh, uh, so... <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> personally i don't like the the one-liner comedic reviews it's just people trying to get you know likes and stuff on letterbox but yeah sometimes... they're they're great for our our game that we do with the letterbox yeah, well, reviews there you go there's one <laughs> but um outside of that yeah i'm it, it's uh... it's just people trying to you know get likes i think yeah for sure people don't like your you know like in like in deep depth. thought <laughs> review you know they want one-liners and move on so yeah Nope. All right. Well, Nope, directed by Jordan Peele, 2022, director of Get Out and Us. The tagline is, what's a bad miracle? Residents in a lonely gulch of inland California bear witness to an uncanny, chilling discovery. All right. So we have Mr. Danny Kalua and, and 
uh, playing OJ Haywood and his sister, Keith Palmer, who plays Emerald M. Haywood. Uh, Steam Young, uh, supporting cast, who owns like this little Western town theme bonanza thing. And he's also a previous child actor who has a connection to like an infamous thing in Hollywood where he was uh, a young actor on set with the chimpanzee. Uh, the show was basically set around the chimpanzee and the wonky antics to get into. Uh, that chimpanzee snaps and kills the entire cast while recording and spares Ricky Jupe Park for some reason, which we will delve into later. Meanwhile, uh, Dan Kalua and Kiki Palmer. Dan Kalua is a um, the son of a horse wrangler that works for Hollywood, the Haywoods. And uh, that's played by Keith David of The Thing. And there's something about Mary, Frank and the Beans guy. So they do, uh, you know, horse rentals and things like that for Hollywood movies and stuff like that. So they're trying to get that business together because in the beginning of the film, uh, they're working on a horse, him and his dad, and he just falls off his horse uh, once a bunch of metal starts randomly falling from the sky. He uh, dies from a quarter that goes through his eyeball into his brain, and that kind of sets the tone for the movie. Um, so they're trying to struggle with the Hollywood thing, trying to keep the business afloat while they're dealing with uh, the horses just disappearing, random, randomly running off, screaming into the night, and they start seeing stuff in the sky. Meanwhile, uh, Stephen Young's character is holding his little Western Bonanza, and he's working out a deal with Dan and Kalua's character for more horses, which leads us to believe, like, why is, why do they need more horses for the ranch? Where are the other horses going? Um, so we'll leave it at that. Um, I only watched the original trailer. I tried to avoid that second one because as soon as I started watching it, it started showing literally everything that was going on. So that was a bummer, um, which kind of, like, takes takes away from the film, in my opinion, if you watch the second trailer, because it kind of eliminates some of the some of the cool random shots that come out, you know, like the alien spaceship flying around, things like that. Overall, my initial thoughts were I liked it a lot. I definitely loved it, like loved it, loved it for about 75% of the movie. But towards like the last 25 or so minutes, it started losing me a little bit just because I didn't really like the ending and what happened with the alien slash creature. But I'll leave it at that. And I'll just say overall, I really enjoyed it. Um, and it's a lot better than us, in my opinion. Not as good as Get Out. That was a hard one to follow, but this one's pretty solid. Um, so usually I like to digest films like this, you know, have time to think about it and really kind of ponder my thoughts and everything, because there's a lot to this movie. Like there's a lot going on, uh, a lot of metaphor, a lot of uh, elements that come into play. Uh, but I saw it like I came out of the theater an hour and a half ago as of this recording. So I didn't have a ton of time to digest it. So my thoughts might change over time, maybe even with the discussion here with Todd, because I do have some questions that I'm interested in seeing what Todd has to say. But my initial reaction is that I liked it a lot. Uh, I thought it was a really, it was like a big spectacle film, uh, super well shot, amazingly acted, which I'm not surprised. I mean, for either of those, Peel's a great director. Kaluuya is like just at the top of this game. Uh, Kiki Palmer was fantastic in her role. Stephen Young's amazing and everything. So I'm not really surprised at any of those things, but uh, I had a lot of fun watching it because there are a lot of elements and it went in directions that I wasn't quite expecting. I had seen the second trailer, but I guess I kind of turned my mind off when I was seeing it because I was kind of forced to in a theater. You know, you're like you're sitting there and they play it, but I didn't it didn't really register what was going on. So I think that's a good thing. So I really didn't know what to expect out of this. And I was pleasantly surprised. Now, is it my favorite film of the year? No, right now it's in my top three. It's not my favorite. Do I think it's better than the other Peel films? I think like same thing as you, which is a question we get later, but. I think it's in between us and uh, Get Out. I think Get Out is like, you know, practically a masterpiece. And Us was good, but it definitely had some issues that uh, I had with it. But overall, 
I dug this movie, but I do have some issues with it and a lot of questions. There's a lot of questions that I have. Uh, and I didn't have time to look him up, so it's I guess a good thing that we can kind of talk about it. Shoot, I mean, lay him out there, see. All right, so uh, my first question is, so the very first scene, Keith David gets killed because uh, they say that a airplane exploded and a bunch of stuff fell in the sky. Now, of course, we know later that that's, you know, the alien, or what was it they call it, the jean jacket? I think uh, that's what they jean, called it. Yeah, uh, creature yeah the yeah. jean jacket creature um but why wasn't there blood the first time because clearly a lot of stuff was falling out of the sky so that couldn't have just been one person that had to be at the very least a few people so why wasn't there blood that time you know like, because it would have given it away or well that... yeah, i i think that's why yeah <laughs> if you think of it plot wise well here's the thing now that you mentioned that i thought that the first time it takes the entire um amusement park crowd was the first time it turned on humans however you're right if it dropped quarters it dropped car keys that first time so it had to have preyed on humans before so yeah where was the blood that's actually a really good point yeah, I think where, just... and, and where those humans come from like we didn't hear anything about it true and it, if you think like this giant yeah you know what we're this is one you kind of have to turn the brain off <laughs> a little bit because you you know this this thing would be seen like a billion fucking times by everybody you know on the freeway that thing is a giant ass thing and there's like there was like a um it looked like what a trailer park or uh a shipping yard or something next it was, to... it was like a shipping district there, there was a, there are a lot of buildings next yeah. to juniper hill um, right which they show like near the end mm -hmm. uh, because at first it kind of looks like it's in a deserted area but when you see an aerial shot right at the end you see that there's a ton of buildings out there so right you're right someone would have seen it. and it's everyone has cameras you know it's it's a show so it's like a practically an amusement park well i guess um, that it does shut down electronics right it does but no one thought that was weird like no one investigated that in six months <laughs> yeah it's like i don't know it just seems convenient to me so was this the first time they were doing the show and showing the crowd the alien no uh it was i was led to believe that they had done this a little bit or maybe not i'm not sure because i'm because i don't know because they were the the wife was making him practice again before he went out for the show right which we also saw at uh, one time daniel kalua looks across the field at night that's and, true and he's he's doing the show so maybe he's just rehearsing for maybe. that first show right oh you know what he does bring hey we're doing our new show or whatever Friday night, come over. Yeah, so and it so would make sense know. that he brought his uh, co-star too, who got like wrecked by the. That's true. By the ape, it, like she wouldn't both go there for just a random show. You should go there for the first show, right? What was the name? Gordo, Gordon. Uh, Gordy. Gordy yeah, that's the name yeah. of the ape. Right? Yeah. yeah. Okay, so. So maybe it was the first show. Yeah, that makes more sense, and mm -hmm. but it still doesn't make sense that for the first scene. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's a really cool scene. It is. That's that's kind of the problem with us too. It like had really cool scenes, but that they didn't like stick to it. Like when the little boy was mimicking the other little boy and it ends up killing the little boy. But why wasn't it mimicking the whole movie? You know what I mean? Like right. So it's like some cool <laughs> stuff he has in there, but that doesn't make sense plot wise when you think about it. Yeah. So I guess we'll chalk that one up to Yeah. To just, cool let's scene, just say but... the way I saw it, or I asked someone, a friend of mine, Zach, what he thought of it. And he, what he said is that he ate so many it ate so many people that second time that it was almost like too much so he uh, kind of puked it back out whereas the first time it could have been just 
five people and that he it was able to digest easier got it i think you know i, I don't know i choose to believe that he shits him shits him out okay <laughs> it was just like because <laughs> it's funnier yeah right <laughs> yeah so yeah so that there's that um i loved the scene where you think you see the aliens for the first time it turns out it's a prank by Jennifer Hell, but that scene was so well done. Yes. And I love that he's like about to investigate, and then the other one comes out, he's like, Nope, okay. <laughs> like walks away. <laughs> I thought that was a great scene. I, I love that scene, and I'm like, Oh, okay, they're coming down. Like, at first, I'm like, Oh, these look really cheap, but then they started doing the noises and the little head movements. I'm like, All right, I can get behind this. And then it turns out it was just a prank, which I was kind of disappointed in, to be honest. I, I was hoping that it was an alien ship and they're just fucking around. Um, which would have been cool, but oh, did you see the the part? Like, I think you'll miss it if you weren't like really looking. Is uh, one of the kids had a black eye from when no. he got punched. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I didn't notice that. Yeah, one of the kids they show briefly oh, towards man. the end. That's, that's a black eye from him. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> yeah, because they don't really address that again. They just uh, uh, he just punches a kid and they just chalk it up that well, kind of deserved it. <laughs> but they the whole reason they do is because Kiki Palmer steals the plastic horse. Right. For what reason to lure out the alien? Yeah, basically is uh. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Huh. Now that that was a great scene too, where uh, Stephen Young comes to the farm, but they keep him at a distance for Rather whatever reason. Yeah. yeah, I think that that was a funny scene. And this movie's full of like scenes that I like. You know, mm-hmm. um, it's when you start thinking about the overall picture that I have more issues. So my biggest issue with the film, I'm just going to dive right in. Yeah, go for it. Is that so this whole thing is basically so they could get rich by getting footage of this of this uh, UFO, so they could sell it on Oprah or whatever. Like it just seems Bitch, like you love a Oprah. Weird... Yeah, <laughs> I don't know what she said that. <laughs> it seems like a weird motivation to go through all this fucking crazy ass trouble. They're stealing stuff. You know, people have died, and yeah. all they can think of is like, oh, we could probably make a quick buck if this goes viral. <laughs> it, it's a weird motivation to keep doing it after certain things happen. It's yeah, like, they, really? they, they're, they're like stuck to this right to the end right until the very end when they actually want to destroy it or at least but hurt then, it but then she's still her still main goal is to take it yeah exactly that's right she, well. she's like finding the wishing well stuff that yeah. takes hd 10 hd <laughs> right <pictures. laughs> which if i saw that picture i'd be like that's fake as fuck <laughs> like it, which one of my biggest um, problems with the creature is that it didn't it came out of nowhere that it was like turning into something else and it looked like a giant flying plastic sheet where at one point i'm like wait did i miss like did it did they release a sheet and it got stuck on it because then it turns into like a a, a paint tarp essentially yeah, the, the way i saw it is that um that uh i forget what his name is angel uh-huh. he, like wraps himself in barbed wire and then he uh-huh, goes okay. up to shoot and i thought that ripped like the outer layer of this creature so the covering mm-hmm. of you know that what was the mass uh, was now ripped, so it looked like a kind of deflated sheet. Then it goes back to it, though, right? Yeah, end. which is weird, right? Because then, yeah. then I don't understand. But that, I thought that was the whole point of showing that scene where he wrapped himself in barbed wire. Uh, but it turns so out it was just, gets, I guess, to spit him out, right? Just so to, can get sucked off. Yeah. Yeah, but it's right after that that the creature changes. So I figured it had something to do with that, like he damaged it somehow. Because he also brings up the entire uh, barbed wire fence. You know, it's that's not right. like it's just his character. He like sucks up the entire fence. So I thought that's what 
hurt the creature, so they had to kind of show itself that it's more vulnerable side. You know, like like any video game that we play, you know, there's always that outer shell that you have to beat before yeah. you finally like eventually no, wait, whittles down more. to yeah, <laughs> whittles down to his fifth fucking uh, shape where you could finally beat. You know, Doctor Wily without his little suit or whatever it is. So that's why I thought it was happening. You know, I thought it was a missed opportunity for the cinematographer because um, he's like, you don't deserve to get the perfect shot or whatever. So he's going to sacrifice himself. But I thought that camera was going to play a factor that his handheld. And like, I, I'm right. like, okay, this camera's going to fall out of the gullet and they're going to get the film and then all is well. But he got sucked up and then, okay, that guy's gone. The end. Yeah, that whole story. Yeah. That whole story that we've been following for the last 20 minutes, just gone. Yeah. <laughs> His fucking voice. I, uh, he's like Sylvester Stallone, but like deeper. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I get that perfect shot. Um. What? Yeah. What? Oh, you know who I hated? The fucking random reporter with a one-eyed. What, what the hell was that? Like the TMZ guy? Yes. Reflective shield. Face what, who? Who rides a motorcycle with a one-eyed helmet? It was the weirdest thing. I just really didn't understand that whole scene. It was pointless. It didn't do anything to further the story no. whatsoever. You know, I, I get it was making fun of the the TMZ culture, like to do anything to get the shot. I get that, but it was like such a momentum kill. And like, all right, we're, let's see what the plan's gonna happen. And this fucking weirdo on an electric bike rolls up. He has a voice changer in his helmet. It sounds like a robot. I was like, what? What was the point of this, man? That was such a bad choice. I, I thought that was going to be some big reveal because like an alien or something. Something because they hide his face so like in such a way that I thought, okay, this has got to be either an alien, uh, someone coming back, like Stephen Young actually survived or something, and his face survive. is fucked up, yeah. or it's some kind of big ass celebrity cameo that huh. we we wouldn't expect. It had to be one of those three, but they never fucking show it, so it was just a completely pointless nothing. Uh, he's literally there to make fun of reporters and to get killed on camera. Yeah. For for the, I mean their camera, their little show. It just it was such a waste of time. You know, yeah. it it really didn't add anything to the story. Uh, speaking of something cool, it wasn't a waste of time, but that they really went the long game on for really little payoff, in my opinion, is the the entire Gordy sub story with Stephen Young. It's cool. Like it was cool to look at it. It was cool to see what happened. It was interesting. You know, I liked his little, like, backstory. But all that, basically just to pay off that don't fuck around with animals, you'll get hurt. It, it seemed like a really playing the long game on that one. I agree. And I kept trying to make the connection story-wise to the movie. And, like, which we'll get to the the magic shoe later. So I asked it. I think other people asked it. It's like, what the fuck is this magic shoe? But, um, yeah, I honestly thought that was kind of the better character to follow was his character, Stephen Young's character. Cause I'm like, Oh wow. Like, cause one, when you go to the ranch and he's like telling you about um, what happened and he's make basically his rendition is very lighthearted. He's talking about how the SNL spoofed it, how it wasn't that big of a deal. And then when you see the actual, what happened in reality where the chimp is like eating people's faces off, bludgeoning him to death. And then he gives them like a fist bump at the end covered in blood before he gets shot in the face. It's like, wow, like, I really want to see Stephen Young's character because this motherfucker, child actor, survived the chimp rampage. Now he has a Western themed town. Like, let's hear more about this. Like, don't get me wrong. I love the um, Hawthorne's farm. That was really cool. But I think I wanted a little bit more of um, Stephen Young's character because he, he's such a good actor. And I just want to see more of him. And that whole 
subplot, while I agree with you, like didn't make sense to the story besides, hey, he didn't learn from his mistakes. Like he fucked with the animal before. Not necessarily is his fault. He's a kid, but then he should know better. Now he's fucking with an alien and basically leads his family and all his like followers, what do you want to call them to their deaths? So I get that, but it still didn't make any, <laughs> a lot of plot wise sense. Yeah. Which even like furthers our point from before that it would have been cool if he came back somehow and he was the only survivor of that massacre and his face was fucked up kind of like his co-star. You know, that that was his penalty was that he got fucked up the same way his co-star did, you know, how many years ago with um with Cordy. Yeah, I, I was ha- I was expecting him to be in the, the final act for sure. Yeah, because it, it's so He's like, anticlimactic. Yeah. He just gets sucked up at the end. You don't see him anymore. Right. You don't even focus on him inside the alien's fucking throat either. It's like random. That's right. People, they, which, they show random people. Yeah. Which I thought was a really cool scene. Them getting sucked up and screaming. I wish they would have gone. I wish once that started, it never would have stopped with the the horror stuff. Like the, I thought it, I was hoping to get graphically more intense too. Cause that whole shitting slash throwing up on the house, all the blood. That was super horrific, man. And then the whole sucking up all the crowd, they're screaming really cool. But then it kind of notches back again, which is, yeah yeah you're right it really ramps up to like at night and that whole scene where uh dan kalua's character is like not looking and he's banging on the truck so that the other two characters could get in that was a terrifying scene and a really well paced scene and it was scary the alien was still mysterious enough but we had seen it enough it was like a perfect mix of everything but then they go through this whole fucking thing in the daylight with these inflatable animal things and like it just yeah you're right it kind of ramps the horror down to the point where it's like, okay, you know, it goes more goofy, I guess, in a way, because of the design of the alien. and Yeah. Plot-wise, plot it doesn't make sense to have the massacre happen before the climax, because you would have had, like, 50 fucking cops there searching for a missing 40 people the entire time. You know what I mean? So I think that was a mistake, too. I think they should have... They should have figured... They should have had, a, like, a... Uh, epiphany where it's like oh fuck this is what it is oh shit they're doing their show friday night oh fuck let's try to help them then they get sucked up and then the fucking movie just never stops from there instead of like you said breaking pace going back to the daytime and you're like oh we're here again yeah and i kind of wish they put more emphasis on the history of their uh, their ranch uh you know at the beginning they really push hard that this is you know the the first ever moving footage was their great 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 grandfather um, on a horse, and then the fact that they they work for Hollywood, you know, in the animal wrangling. Other than the fact that that one camera put you know put the reflection in the horse's eye, that doesn't really pay off much in the end. You know, it just they could have just been ranchers, and the Hollywood thing could have been completely dropped. So it's just like all these great ideas that don't really go uh, anywhere or amount to enough to warrant spending so much time on him you know it's uh that's where he got his idea not to look in its eye it's one eye right that's that's basically that's all that really came out of that scene is that right yeah yeah you know it's weird because they show they show him kind of being like out of his element like he i don't know if he it was meant like he kind of had like a social disorder or something like that um, but either way, like he needed his sister to be the saleswoman and him just to be the wrangler. But it didn't really like. You're right. It didn't go anywhere besides him having an epiphany moment later. Oh, the don't look in its eye because this one scene where my horse kicked something at a Hollywood event. Like, 
which yeah. <sighs> I thought he was just socially awkward. You know, he worked on a ranch alone like with his dad all the time. So he just didn't have that kind of energy. Whereas his sister, which I love that fucking character, by the mm. way, I think he Palmer really kills it as this character. Uh, she was just interesting in every scene that she was in. I love when she's dancing. I love when she's you know, going through her speeches and stuff like that. So she's, yeah, she's really, really energetic. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it was great seeing her do that scene, you know, kind of explaining the family history and you get a lot of context, but I wish that context was used for more than just that, you know? So. Yeah. Maybe like Hollywood tricks they used. I don't know. Yeah. Anything, well, I guess, right? I guess it was, that scene was there for two reasons to, for him to figure out that it's don't look in his eye and for the cinematography to be introduced, the cinematographer. I guess so. Yeah. Cause that's the only way that they can yeah. bring him in, which which is also weird because he's a, he's like, um, outdoor, you know, cinematographer for like, like wild animals and stuff from what they show later. So yeah. it's for him to do basically like a commercial. Um, that was stupid too. Cause he was like, I do one for them and then one for me. Like, why are you doing this fucking commercial? Like you do like a fucking star Wars movie for them. And then you do your art house for you. <laughs> like, but, uh, I thought that whole character, <sighs> He's just a little bit over the top. Yeah, that character didn't work for me. Uh, I thought they could have done the same role, like toned down. They could have had Angel just be the fucking tech guy. Yeah, basically, because he, yeah, that that's you know, if yeah. you're bringing him in, why might as well be him you know, doing I mean, all that he, stuff. He's setting up all the cameras, so why why not just make him? Yeah. They don't need to have a mechanical. It was once again another cool item, a hand handheld mechanical camera. But was it needed? No, they could have. They could have done old-fashioned fucking Kodak uh, mechanical things. I know that's still electronic in it, but a little throwback to the 90s and 2000s, but... Yeah, and they should have at least retrieved that footage somehow. Yes. You know, for all that trouble. No, he just like, nah, fuck this. They, they don't deserve impossible. It grabs the fucking gear and just leaves. <laughs> you yeah. know, like, what? Why? <laughs> yeah. Well, he grabbed his own camera. They still had the footage from the big one. Yeah, that's right. So they still have that, but like, yeah, like, let's see that footage. There's your, there's your proof. Him getting sucked into a fucking alien. Yeah, yeah, that footage should have dropped down from the sky or something. You know that. So they yeah. had something other than that one, like Polaroid, basically from an amusement park. Yeah. Right, right. Oh great, you got that picture at Disney, <laughs> and it oh, shows cool. a big alien craft. I wonder why. <laughs> Yeah, like, oh, I, I come out of Disney with fucking pictures of ghosts and stuff. <laughs> oh, <laughs> doesn't mean they're ghosts. Out there. Yes, it <laughs> yeah. is. Wait, those aren't real ghosts. <laughs> oh, shocker! It's uh, I should go on Oprah. <laughs> uh, yeah, look, so there's three like... ghosts behind me at the <laughs> this uh, doom buggy that I'm in. Mean, yeah, short <laughs> of the fucking Millennium Falcon landing on the White House lawn, nothing's gonna ever prove aliens. Like uh, exactly. picture wise, yeah. <laughs> so, <sighs> man, my. My ratings dropped a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, all, right. What, all right, Magic Shoe. I heard Joe's explanation oh. and spoilers saying that um, someone said, what is a bad miracle or whatever? So maybe the shoe was a miracle? Yeah, uh, Daniel Kalua has, uh, he asked what a bad miracle is. Okay. So shoe that stays upright, defies the laws of gravity. What, what was the point? None. Just, a, just, be cool. just just a striking image uh, you know like i can't think of anything that that did for anything you know it's just like let's open the twice. shot yeah, yeah. it was shown twice yeah um but you know, they also showed that scene twice so that's that's true that's why but the shoe comes back at some point i don't remember he has it in his museum 
Oh, that's what it is. So yeah. it had to have some significance, right? Other than just we saw it three times, and they were focals three times. So it's like, yeah. what is the point? Cool scene. Yeah, but, but that's, it's basically the the motto for this movie. <laughs> cool, a lot of cool scenes, and you know, you were talking a lot of like kind of negativity because of the story and everything, but there's a lot like visually, and mm-hmm. that was just fucking amazing. It just, yeah, yep. it was awesome. Like the all the first like three four times we see the alien creature or ship um it was really cool the way that it was in the clouds and the way it would like disappear over the horizon yeah and the silence was great and uh yeah there's a there was a lot to love about this movie as well you know i don't want to make it seem like we didn't like it but no i mean yeah i I got a couple shout outs to to uh the the young girl in the flashback scene with gordon gordon gordy whatever her name is Man, she has a rough life. She gets her face ripped off, and then she gets killed by an alien 20 years later. That sucks. And then how stupid yeah. is the TV dad who's hiding? Stay upstairs. He's hiding upstairs, and he runs down. Right. <laughs> I'm like, what are you fucking doing? You deserve to get mauled by this fucking thing. Hide. Yeah, he um, should have so been I, there before the monkey went crazy on the, on the girl. Yeah. Or not go at all, you know? Like, why later go down kick, there? Kick that monkey in the nuts, dude, or something. Jeez. Uh, where was everyone else? Where's security? They, they Where's... booked it. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's nobody in the studio other than two kids. No one's getting on like a fucking light, uh, like a lighting pole or something, and beating this monkey over the head of it. <laughs> yeah, you just gonna think... let him rip faces off. You think there'd be at least someone trying to deal with it, other than just letting the uh, the kids get destroyed? Yeah, and the mom get beat to death. Yeah, uh, I thought that they uh, the footage was gonna play a part too. Like they had the footage of it, which you know they did. Right. But um, a lot of questions from that, which we'll never get answers to because it's not going to be a sequel for that or anything. But um, yeah. You know, what else is on your list? Uh, well, I don't have a list because I just watched it. Right. This oh, is that's just, right. Like, I'm all going based off memory. Um, yeah. but let's go to the questions. Maybe that'll okay. spur some of the conversations. So you can ask us those questions on social media at the Horse Squad Podcasts, uh, or of course on our Discord. Uh, just ask us for the link. We will send it to you. The only reason we don't have it out there is because it it's like a 24-hour link and you have to renew it all the time. So it's kind of a pain. So just DM any one of us or the group and we will give you uh, that link for the Discord. So the first question is from Mondo, for our co-host on the LexXP Geek and Gaming podcast. He asked, so did the name Nope really stand for Not of Planet Earth? I guess, technically, right? Yeah, I guess so. But they also say a lot in the movie. I think um, they say it twice. Was it just twice? I feel like they said more than twice. Mm, but... I remember he. I well, maybe. I don't. Mm-hmm. I I still don't like the title. No, you don't like. No, it's, it's, a... it's too. It's too cute. Like. Yeah. Well, I mean, all his titles are really short, right? It's like. I mean, get out us, but nope. It's just like, I don't know. Wasn't my thing. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't know what it means. You know, but that's. A perfectly good way of uh, deciding what it would do. Next question is from Caleb. Anyone else immediately look up to, into the sky to check the clouds after watching it? Yeah, I mean, I think I made that joke like an hour after. Like, that cloud hasn't moved all day. <laughs> yeah, I actually like the whole cloud thing. I thought that was interesting because it it was a way to make the characters believe what was going on. Uh, but it was subtle enough as well. Like it wasn't too in your face. So I like that with it. I thought it was just creepy that it was staying there, like in the area, uh, like always watching on them. And you never knew when 
it would come out. So I thought it was a clever, clever aspect to the movie. And I, I really like uh, the little dangling flags from the horse uh, because then you could see that it was there for like a good portion of the movie. It's like uh, Jaws and, with the floats. Yeah, exactly. And I fucking love when the horse comes back and it's like embedded in the truck and he's driving around with the horse like upside down on his truck. I thought that was a really cool visual. So. Next question from Calum. Any interpretation of the Gordo scenes? Or that's probably Gord- Gordy scenes. Uh, I think we pretty much... Yeah, really... I mean, animal service in film is wrong. Um, other than that, I mean, I think it was just really, really cool scene. Yeah, I agree. I think uh, it was it was really cool to see. Yeah. But it just, I don't know. It seemed like they really pushed it throughout mm-hmm. the film to really no big payoff, you know? It's just like a... Yeah. Potentially just a metaphor it's almost like a you know gi joe post credit <laughs> like this is uh, what you need to do <laughs> so it's like a uh, very interesting scene in that regard but i gotta say so i was a big snl fan in the 90s and my favorite was chris Kattan because i thought he was hilarious and i thought <laughs> finally we we're giving chris Kattan some love yeah <laughs> so I thought that's that funny was, that was awesome there, there's a couple of jokes that won't make sense to the younger crowd is chris Kattan monkey yeah mr and- peeps Remember? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love that character. Isn't the rock a monkey at one He's point? His dad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh the, the OJ Simpson joke, people won't get the right. underground. No, yeah, they definitely won't. But look it up. You'll get it. Or, right. uh, Otis Jr. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, de- definitely look up Mr. Peeps from <laughs> SNL. It's a, classic. It's, a, it's a classic character. Um, his next question. I've never heard the purple people eater song performed, spoken like that. It was so eerie and stuck with me for a bit. Are there any songs of that tone, campy or goofy, that would lend themselves to a horror movie if performed like that? Oh, good question. Like, uh, I, I think a lot of those songs, if they're said in a creepy manner, yeah. like feel worse. Like, it's not horror, but uh, in Avengers Age of Ultron, um, oh, Ultron yeah. sings the um, Pinocchio song, you know, with no strings. Yeah. And it just comes off super creepy because of his tone and his delivery. Yeah. Uh, and it's also, um, you know, like, yeah, there's a bunch. A lot of those songs that are super old have some kind of, like, creepy-ass meaning to them. Almost like Grim Brothers stories, you know, like Little Mermaid and all that stuff have really creepy origins. You know, like London Bridge Falling Down. Uh, if you, you know, people used to play with that song, but it's really about, like, a fucking disaster and stuff, shit like that, so... Ring around the rosies too mm-hmm, yeah it's like the black death exactly um, not exactly what he's asking but i know in the dawn of the dead remake um you fucker get up come on get down with the sickness they play that song like in a cheerier way which is a different yeah. take on it which is really cool yeah if you get like a, a young english female child singing any kind of old song it gets creepy especially if you hear it at night in the dark <laughs> yeah absolutely and he also says, for example, the Jeepers Creeper song in Jeepers Creepers was an example of that. Uh, what, about, what about the Insidious dude? The whisper through the window. Oh, yeah. God. That's, that, that song that's already creepy. disturbing. Yeah, that, that fucking <laughs> song is disturbing without the uh, Insidious connection. Yeah. But yeah. That guy is, Tiny Tim, man, is just yeah. a creepy. That's nightmare right there. there. Yeah, no kidding. All right. Next question is from Creature Feature 90, Marla. Were y'all a little mad that white guy decided to go all rogue without taking the monster down? What was even the point? 
So I'm assuming she means the um, cinematographer. The cinematographer, yeah, like ten bucks if you can fucking name his name. <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. It was just like, I don't. He's he's filming it, knowing no, he was gonna get eaten. You right? You don't deserve this perfect shot. Yeah, but he he continues to film. It's not like he yeah. just goes away into his car and drives off. <laughs> he goes and tries to get the perfect shot, right? The impossible shot and gets killed for it. What did he think would happen? Do you think he was just going to get spit out, survive and use the footage for his personal art film? I think he's just being fucking edgy. And I'm going to die in the perfect shot. Dude, you never, you would never guess this guy's fucking name. His name is Antlers. <laughs> his first name is Antlers. Last name is Holst. Jeez. Jeez, what the I fuck? Think, I think I, I say it in the movie once, but... Antlers Holst, gosh yeah. damn. That's, 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 a quite right there. Yeah, that's quite the name. <laughs> that's a man's name. <laughs> yeah, get the but, uh, shot. Fucking... Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Should they should have had the camera fall out of his, the creature's at the end. Yeah, exactly. No. Her next question. How would you feel living in a house where an alien rained blood, alien excrement, and various personal items of the people uh, it ate? It's time to get the fuck out of that house. <laughs> yeah, I think just... at that point you call the fucking cops and you're like, hey, there's a mass murderer by my house. <laughs> yeah, right. And she says, uh, someone grabbed a Dawn dish soap or is this house still sellable? <laughs> in, the, in this market, still sellable. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Especially with land. Yeah. Re- recently repainted. <laughs> you know? yeah. Yeah, new modifications, very yeah. modern. <laughs> Wheelchair accessible. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But yeah, it's also a very personal house to them, right? It's like they don't want to get rid of their ranch. Yeah. What was it? What was the? What was Antler fucking with too? Like his old school editing machine. Yeah, God, my, my fucking film teacher made us edit with that machine. Oh really? He, he was super. My my film teacher when I was in film school was so like old school, you know, for everything. Uh-huh. Like we had to cut physically cut film, and we that's, had to film, film easy, on man. film, which was expensive. First of all, yeah. like filming on film, um, or like eight millimeter or something. Yeah, or because not, six, six, eight millimeter, six, or nine millimeter. It, it was eight millimeter. Uh, Sixteen was too expensive. Uh, we, we thought about it, but it was just like too much to buy the rolls and stuff like that. And you had to get it uh, developed and stuff. It was just such a pain in the ass, you yeah. know, for for really nothing. Uh, when we did uh, stop animation, it, we used the old school like one picture. You know, overhead cameras. Uh, yeah, some people like their old school ways. You know, yeah. I mean, film looks different. No, absolutely. Sure. I prefer it over digital any day, but yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, so Am asked us, uh, where does Nope rank in your list of Jordan Peele movies? Now we answered at the beginning of the review. Has it changed since? I haven't seen Us since the theater, um, but I still rate it number three with uh, Nope two and Get Out far above them than both at one yeah and i agree and joe actually answered the question on the discord and he also agrees so we're all in the same boat but they're all they're all great i think all three of them are you know great in their own way uh, but they all have their kind of issues except get out get out's like get out's fucking good really good yeah yeah um next question is from Weezerface. what jordan peele movie would you be the most likely to survive Let's see, we got Get Out. We got the rich white guys stealing black people. Mm-hmm. Us, we got our doppelgangers trying to kill us and take our lives. And this one, we had alien eating people. Um, 
I guess three. Right? What, I mean, do, well, I mean, <laughs> which uh, movie? Three is uh this one. This nope. one is the one you're most likely to. Uh, I think so because if you have like a billion doppelgangers, you're kind of screwed. And then get out. Well, I don't know. Get out. I, I feel uh, that because we're white guys, we. I was gonna say we'd have a hard, to... We'd have an easy time in Get Out. You know, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's unfortunate that that's the way it is, but that is kind of what the movie's about. That's true because I I wouldn't be one of the evil white guys trying to steal black body, and I wouldn't be friends with the brother that like drives around in a fucking weird mask. And I'm obviously not a black person, so yeah, you're right. That'd be the easiest for us. If anything, I'd be the TSA agent in this story. So. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> we get shit done. Exactly. <laughs> or we um, handle shit, or whatever he says. Yeah. So I think our our best chance would be get out. Um, but I think if you're a black person, then maybe nope would be yeah an easier. Back to nope, man. The whole cowboy theme, and then she gets away on a fucking electric motorcycle. They had horses. Mm-hmm. It's good sense. Yeah. Come on. Come on now. <laughs> Seriously. That's uh what happened to the rest of the horses? Did they die? Did... I think they just chilled the whole time. Yeah, they're just there, right? Because uh he specifically says the uh cinematographer guy, Antlers, apparently, um, <laughs> says like, Are you gonna use them? And he's like, No, you know, we're that's our horses. Yeah, that's they're true. they're horse people. Okay. There's horses that are somewhere, yeah, you know, through this whole thing. Yeah. No, we're gonna use that fucking convenient TMZ reporter's electric motorcycle. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh my god, yeah. Stupid whole... ass helmet. Yeah, it, it still like boggles my mind that this whole movie is just about them getting footage yeah. of, of the UFO. Like it seems like there's it should have been more. Which is not that. reliable. They even said it themselves. Like I've seen a bunch of footage online and that doesn't mean shit. It's like Yeah, and yeah, and it's like you have this historic ranch that's been in your family for like five generations. And it's getting completely destroyed by this alien, and you're like, "Did we get the shot?" <laughs> you know, like it's, it's just, yeah, it it bothers me a little I think, bit. I can say like killing the fucking alien would be better than just getting a picture, right? Yeah, absolutely. There's, because there's then you proof. have, yeah, exactly. Like like, a, like Independence Day, you know, if, <laughs> yeah. if you have the alien or you have the ship or you have yeah. whatever, that's that's proof, right? Yeah, this movie needed Will Smith. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and also, are there more? Is this the only be, one? Right? Yeah. Like, why would it be so like a rogue so quick, like so far from its home planet, and not be? I don't know. It'd be weird if it was the only thing out there. So satisfied for horses, right? At the beginning, because Stephen Young's character was feeding him horses that he bought from Daniel. Right. Yeah. But then he kind of abuses power, and fucking there goes everybody in the town. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I mean, let's face it. This alien's not very smart either. He's taking like the smallest fucking town, which is probably like what L.A. Not too far. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can just go to fucking Hollywood. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're go they're to, clearly not that far from Hollywood. If go to a farm, there, right? <laughs> go to a go anywhere. Farm. Yeah. yeah. Go to the fucking ocean. Yeah. Okay. No, he, he goes to the place that they feed one horse <laughs> every like couple days or whatever. Yeah. So if you don't look in the in the alien's eye, you don't get eaten. That seems to be what happens. That's the same, right? right? Yeah. Because every single poster is them looking up at the sky, and then Daniel figures out that he can just look down and he's right. cool. No, exactly. Yeah, it was <laughs> it was cool for that scene at night when he's banging on the truck and yes. But after that, I don't know. It it, it seemed convenient. 
you know, a few times, like, because they do constantly go look up at it anyway, yeah. and it doesn't come after him. So, I don't know. I guess it was like a plot point. You kind of have to turn your brain off a little bit because they do look up at it a lot in that last scene, despite saying that they shouldn't look at it at all. Yeah. So, so the, so the plot, uh, let me backtrack. So the movie we see, the alien's only been there a short amount of time, right? It hasn't been there a long time. Uh, six months from what Stephen Young character said. Oh, in, in that makes even less sense then. I know. <laughs> I thought it was like the dad getting killed was like the first aftermath of like one of their his first, the alien's first victims, but six months. That, okay. that was that was six months ago. That was six months ago. Yeah, because oh, uh, okay. on, on the set when the director's like bitching that they have this junior and not senior, uh-huh. like yeah, he died six months ago, and this all we gotcha. got. Gotcha. Okay, I, I see. Yeah, yeah. So that was the first contact, as far as we know, with the alien species which again like where did they get that food oh you know that makes more sense now in the context where he goes to steven young's like i want to work to buy back the horses and he's like yeah 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 Yeah. and but who's going into his office to look at the history of like that disaster i don't know it seemed i would (laughs) yeah but how would you know it's there though fifty thousand dollars for her hey people got money they burn it right yeah i guess so it was just i don't know but this, I'm assuming that he fucking stole that shoe from the set. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna go ahead and assume that. Or he like bought he, it off eBay like later or something. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. I'm gonna go with the creepier version though of him yeah. fucking taking the bloody shoe. <laughs> I, I read that the uh, us scissors are also in there. Like, are as they? A, yeah, as a prop in the in the museum that he has back there. That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, it's like a little Jordan Peele like memorial uh, museum. The last question we had actually was not note related, but I did want to ask it because it was asked right after we recorded last week. And I hate to like leave questions behind. Uh, it came from Patty and it's regarding Stranger Things. Uh, who will you guys want to survive at the end of the show? So if you can give immunity to one character, who would it be? Well, do we think they're going to kill off anybody this yeah. last season? I think, so. think so. Yeah. Mm. Not, not a lot, probably one or two, I'd say. But and I say I think Will was probably the most likely candidate to be killed. He's had a rough five yeah, seasons. He's so. had a rough series. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't yeah. get any love. Um, I mean, I would have preferred Hopper to stay dead in season three, even though he's my second favorite character, just because it was a really good send off for him. So I don't want them to pull a Walking Dead with Glenn and bring him back for five episodes just to kill him off again. So I'm gonna vote for Hopper and Steve to live because steve's got the biggest or the best arc overall so we'll stay with him i agree and i'm so afraid that they're gonna kill him off Mm -hmm. um that i'd give him immunity just so they i don't have to worry about it you know yeah yeah because there's no one else like like hopper's cool but i think he should have died like you said last week i think he should have died season three yeah um yeah i think steve would also get my immunity yeah he needs Um, to get a girlfriend he falls in love with and then lives mm mm-hmm uh, something I want to ask about Nope, going back to our review. So what, how did you feel about the like creature design in the end? You know, we talked, we joked about it. Those one line reviews from Letterboxd allude to uh, what it looks like. But what did you feel about it? The metamorphosis or the first part or anything? Either. Yeah, like all of it, right? Um, I didn't like, honestly, that it was a creature. 
I saw I wasn't really thrilled when it was revealed it was a creature. I thought it was like them sucking up humans or whatever via tractor beam and then feasting on them, which would have been like really fucking scary. And then I didn't like the ending at all with it like expanding. It looked like one of those um really creepy undersea creatures that you see that are all fucking fins and shit. So I guess that's what they're going with, but I personally didn't really like it. Yeah, I I thought it should have been both. I thought it should have had aliens uh come down but also be like you know because we're thinking of spaceships as it has to be an item right because that's how humans interpret the idea of a spaceship but on an alien planet it could also be a creature but also be a vessel to bring aliens you know to the to the thing so it would have been nice if there were i guess more to it than just being one creature that just happens to come to earth yeah that would have been cool. It's kind of like Cloverfield, how it has a bunch of little smaller creatures that fall off. And... Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, and I agree. It kind of, you know, that second kind of design for it really looked aquatic, uh, which I enjoy. And I do want to read something that was on our Discord. So on our Discord, we have a spoiler room where people discuss, like, the latest big movies and stuff like that. And uh, Creature Feature, which I talked asked a question before, I think she used to be a marine biologist, or she used to work with aquatic animals. So I want to read something she said I thought was really interesting, talking about like the creature design, because I know some people complained about the way that it was digesting people. It looked like they were in like silly tubes, and, you know, kind of going up like, you know, kind of plastic shoots, and it looked weird, but this is what she says. So she says, anatomy lesson time on sea jellies. You know how you saw from the point of view from inside the creature when shits get eaten? So when sea jellies catch their food, it travels up their tentacles to their belly where it gets taken to the stomach to get digested. So the alien shape we first see looks a hell of a lot like a sand dollar. And the final boss shape is modeled after a sea jelly and very much eats and discards its excrement the exact same way. So it seems there was more to it than meets the eye um and they actually kept like an actual design of a known sea creature for the way it digests and the way it reacts to things thank you for that education that makes more sense i like that because i i agree it looked a little goofy um the way the material looked because it did look very like balloony kind of like rubbery um but that makes more sense when i read that Uh, and you're right i wish they had shown more like them actually going from the bottom into the tube into the stomach and like made dissolving like a, somehow like a, or or like a chomping fucking thing yeah they're like getting, they're getting slowly sucked into exactly like, like see and like because they sucked up Stephen young that way at least make him the focus yeah. of how it works because or else he just disappears and never comes back and it's a bummer right yeah that's literally um, what happened yeah and i felt very claustrophobic in that like just the idea of being stuck with a bunch of people in a very tight tube, just ooh, made my skin crawl. Getting sucked into a something that's mincing you, you know. Yeah. Exactly. So I imagine, I imagine like a um, a beak from a fucking uh, what else? Octopus, like just stomp right. or snapping in. That would be cool. Yeah, exactly. It's a, or a sorlac pit, right? That's what I was thinking yeah. of. Like that's what right. how it digests you over a certain amount of time. True, um, and I, I would have loved to send, seen uh body parts or, or bones or skulls or something fall that would have been sweet too yeah because it's only metal right that falls and blood. Uh, do we see any like yeah metal and plastic right from the horse yeah plastic, I think. any anything that wasn't i guess well, we didn't see any pants though or anything like that so i guess that's true no no clothes at all and you'd think there'd be like cowboy no, hats no, no, i think and... we did see a shoe 
but oh, no. either way there wasn't, like, there wasn't a ton of fucking there would have been 40 pairs of pants 40 pairs of shirts yeah no exactly off, yeah, right so yeah huh. more okay. hot devices <laughs> to, <laughs> yeah more or is it stink. just like hot, yeah i don't know it's uh, up to say yeah i don't know yeah it's kind of like in jaws when they cut open the mako shark and it's <laughs> right. got like a license plate in there and shit yeah exactly mm. mm-hmm. all right I think that's all I have that I can remember. Again, I just saw it like, well, I guess at this point, two and a half hours ago. But uh, yeah. yeah, I'm sure I'll have more to you know say about it at some point. But that's why you should join Discord because I will go into the spoiler room and right to the spoilers. Yeah, exactly. But I think we got a pretty good discussion out of yeah. this movie and just like a, you know, like a lot of movies that we do, we spent a lot of time kind of dissecting it. But I think overall, I still enjoyed it. You know, it's just, it was a, I had a fun watching it. You know, it wasn't, I was really into it. I was really curious where it was going and finding out more about the aliens spaceship and the performances were so good and the visually it was so good and the music, something we didn't really talk about, I thought was really good as well. So there's a lot to love as well. Yeah, no, I agree. And it's, it's easy to shit on these movies because they actually have, a plot you know what i mean it's like you know you watch i love friday 13th movies i love them they're my favorite horror series but there's you can't dissect them you know jason kills people the end but with this like there's a lot to take in and of course you can find and nitpick a lot of things that don't make sense or you don't like whatever but at the end of the day it was original a new take on stuff and i mean fuck man acting's fucking good like straight up good yeah darren um, kalua has got to stop because he keeps winning my best actor of the year award so <laughs> it's just like unfair to everyone else in the field yeah oh yeah he he's got he's he just went into my best actor he replaced i forget who i had it in for horror this year but oh yeah he's 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 fucking great man oh, he's so good he's so good in everything it's just yeah kiki was good too um yep. but and steven young was good too he i just wanted more of that fucking guy i love that fucking actor me too oh me yeah. too yeah, it makes me. It made me want to watch Mayhem again because I just love seeing that actor. Oh, well, well, with that fucking girl in that movie too. She's yeah, great. Samara Weaving. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, People yeah, check, out, I, check out Mayhem. It's a great movie. <laughs> Overall, though, I really like this movie. I absolutely loved it until the end, where it lost a little steam there, like with the cinematographer dying and there's no payoff. Stephen Young dying, there's no payoff. The TMZ um, character. TMZ. With no, oh, no payoff. Don't even fucking bring that guy up again. I fucking. <laughs> I, I oh, I hate him. Stupid robot voice. And it's, I mean, it, it might, you know what? It must be a thing. You just mean you just don't follow like Hollywood reporting. Maybe that's the fucking thing they do with their stupid ass helmet. I don't know. So I don't know. Like, I, I watched recently a celebrity talk about the paparazzi. Uh-huh. And he's like, because he's someone who doesn't get a lot of paparazzi attention. And he's like, yeah, if unless you're in LA, New York, or London, they rarely come out of their shell to like get you somewhere else, you know? Because they're all fucking little like twerps, like, yeah, because cameras up skirts. And stuff. Like I forget which movie says this, but they'll get as much money, you know, getting a fucking topless shot of Jennifer Aniston sunbathing in her backyard than they would for an alien spaceship, you know, <laughs> in some random ranch, right? So it's less of an effort to stay in LA and try to find these like goofy, stupid pictures, yes. than go all this way on a motorcycle to try Let to get her. something that's so. I don't know. Like it just an doesn't electric seem like... bike, mind you, out in the middle yeah, of nowhere. Electric bike, yeah. Where are you gonna charge it at? <laughs> Who knows? It's... Yeah, so cinematographer, no payoff, Stephen Young, no payoff, stupid ass TMZ guy, uh no plot payoff. killing device. <laughs> Shoe no payoff, Gordy <laughs> ba- barely a payoff. Yeah. 
but overall, I still really enjoyed it. And it's currently number three, I think, just like you, or at least in my top. Is your, well, yeah, top three at least. Not not number one. That's still being held by Fresh because I fucking love Fresh. But yeah, overall, I liked it a lot. I think I'm sitting at an eight out of ten right now, four out of five on Letterboxd. That could go as low as probably maybe a seven and a half, um, but no higher than an eight in my opinion right now. Yeah, I was toying between eight and eight point five. I think after talking about it, it's closer to an eight, but that still leaves at number three. I think only sadness and X I put above this uh, for the year so far. Um, but just looking at what's under it, I think they're better than those. So yeah, it's a still a solid eight. You know, I, Jordan Peele movies are amazing and. I enjoyed it a lot. I expected a little bit more out of it, I guess. I almost went in thinking, okay, this is probably going to be my new number one, but alas, it wasn't. But that's still still a great film, not to take anything away from it. And I'm really curious what people think of our review and our points. Maybe we're missing something, you know? Sometimes that happens. Um, I didn't have a lot of time to digest it, so I didn't you know, think about some of these things in depth, but I think talking to Todd about it, you know, I think a lot of the points or the concerns I had are somewhat valid, but I'd love to know your thoughts on it. Yeah, I'm just looking at my uh, top list right now, and it's going to be interesting because there's a lot of eights. There's no, like, perfect nine and a halves or anything like that yet, which is a bummer. Yeah, my, my top two are 8.5s, and then my next four are eights, and then my next, like, five or 7.5, so. Yeah, I, I have just... uh, Fresh, The Sadness. Okay, so this one's not my top three then. Fresh, The Sadness, X, and then this movie. Yeah, and I have Sadness, X, this one, then it goes to Exorcism of God, and then Black Phone. So yeah, that's not... Uh... TCM is still in there too, because it's... Me, me too. Nothing, <laughs> I, 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 bumped. So I, I talked about this on the fucking um, Discord uh, meetup. My number 10 right now, if you can fucking believe it, is Hotel Transylvania 4. <laughs> that's, how, that's how bad this year has been so far. <laughs> which is my least favorite hotel transylvania film it's still at number 10 like it'll get bumped off i'm almost sure i hope so but damn i mean you've seen more than i have though i only have 14 oh i'm at uh, 34 right now jeez dude i think this the back half of this year is going to be better you know i really think so there's a lot still coming out and i'm psyched like that i saw four trailers during this one and all four of them look good so, yeah, smile. I saw um, smile. I saw the exorcism one. I saw yeah, beast. The devil. Beast. And I saw Halloween. So Halloween. hopefully Halloween. You know, Be- beast. Well. Beast could be damaged by shoddy CGI. I'm worried about that. It's possible. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but I love the actors involved. So. Oh yeah, Idris and uh, and uh, Charlotte. Charlotte Copley from. Yep, they're yeah. great. Yeah. And so sure. oh, we'll see. I guess. I'm really hoping Halloween bounces back for me because I really could not stand that last one. Oh, God. It, it really depends how they handle the uh, characters from the first one other than Lori because they all survived, right? The last one, mm-hmm. spoiler. And, Except for stupid-ass Tommy Doyle. Did, he's arrived. Did he survive? I thought I he fucking so. died. No, I thought he survived at the end. <sighs> I gotta rewatch it because... Oh, yeah. <laughs> right, I, I'm gonna rewatch like the two others <laughs> before I watch uh, ends. Yeah, I guess we'll see. I thought he fucking died, dude. Uh, I don't think so. I think him I and... I just hope uh, he died. Yeah, and <laughs> Ky- Kylie Richards, I forget her character name. Uh, she survives too. Oh, she hides in like a fucking... You know, like a sewer drain or something. Or something. Yeah. yeah. I'm gonna look it up. What was his name? Tommy Doyle. Tommy Doyle. Let's see. Tommy Doyle. <laughs> death. 
Yeah, he has his death. Ex- yeah, he gets killed. Oh, okay, good. Because I hated that character. <laughs> Thank the Lord. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm just curious. What's Michael Myers been doing for four years or whatever? Time? Jerking off. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's weird. It's, four uh, years is a weird time jump for this. It is a weird time jump, especially after yeah, like why, what's Michael Myers doing? You know, in four years. I hope they explain it. I hope it's not a thing where it's just like Michael oh, Myers went missing. Right. Exactly. He's just a seven-year-old man that went missing. Has been doing push-ups <laughs> outside for right. four years, getting ready. Just biding his time, waiting for uh, yeah, yeah, for Laurie Strode to. Damn, do I, already, I already don't like the movie. <laughs> <laughs> No, what you one thing I will say about this year though, uh, my disappointing five only has two, uh, two movies on it. So I haven't been severely disappointed. Like there are movies that sucked like really bad, but it's not about sucking; it's about disappointment. And there's only two movies that actually really disappointed me. So I got Scream online. What do you got in yours? Scream and Dashcam. Oh, Dashcam is just bad though, dude. Yeah, but I love the director before this, right? So my yeah, expectations were high. That makes it a disappointment. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, that was, ooh, I was thinking about that movie today for some reason. Like, <laughs> something popped in. Oh, Semen Demon. <laughs> God. <laughs> uh, yeah, ugh, she's the worst. The worst. One, maybe the worst character ever I've ever seen on film. So <laughs> that's a lot. Yeah, and the fact even, that even she... worse than the Prison Guard and Shawshank Redemption that kills oh, a yeah. fucking mouse. Yep. Really? <laughs> that's that's in Green Mile, but Green Mile. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that guy's fucking evil. He's evil, but. He didn't get on my nerves like she, you know, and he was yeah. a little weasel too. But he was a little he, fucking. He rat. also uh, doesn't wet the uh, the sponge for yeah the, for the guy with the mouse, right? Gosh, man, and he burns up. Shit. Yeah, and that guy's a piece that. of shit in real life too. So that's, Is yeah. he? Was he beat? No, he, he, he married like a super young girl, like a oh. creepily. He's yeah. like fifty and married like a sixteen-year-old or something. Oh, something really creepy. Oh yeah. gosh, just disgusting. Is that illegal? Not in some states, apparently. Jesus. Not, not yeah. if you marry. It's like a thing. You need to rethink that. Yeah, it's disgusting. Ugh. Anyway, um, so next end week. On a, end on a downer. <laughs> no, because we're going to end on a good note. So next, well, not a good note. Unfortunately, Joe's not with us next week, too. Uh, he's just working. You know, he's got to pay the mouse. He's going to Disney in a, like a month and a half, and they don't fucking mess around at Disney World. Where's my money? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh-huh um so he's working a lot of overtime so it's gonna be me and todd again and we just we were supposed to do this this week but then joe said he might come and then we decided to do no anyways but uh, unless that you change the plan i think we're gonna do dawn of the dead 2004 let's do it i'm super psyched about it okay. uh, i haven't watched it in like two years so I'm it's been about for two years much. for me too I, I watch it every two or three years yeah exactly. and then dawn every year so exactly yeah <laughs> yeah and we've already done dawn the original so i thought Let's do the remake. And... We'll talk about original again, though. Oh, yeah, for sure. I'm for sure. sure. We'll compare it and yeah, stuff like that. And yeah, and I'll, I'll talk about the fate of that mall because it's all in uh, in Canada. And Heck yeah, it's it's got an interesting fate. Let me, wow. let me right. say it that way. So I'm looking forward to it. I really like that movie. Spoiler alert. So and I remember I saw it four times in theaters. Um, nice. And I'll never forget like the first time I saw it, like how just jaw drop. I was. So. I was fucking thrilled because I went into it like this isn't gonna be <laughs> right, good. exactly. Yeah, I'm gonna hate this. I'm like, whoa, this fucking movie's great. Yeah, before the fucking even the title drops, I yeah. was like, my jaw on the floor, like, holy shit, this yeah. is awesome. One of the best cold opens or whatever you want to call it. A- of all time. Absolutely. Yeah. Swashing yep. mm-hmm. out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. All yeah. right, Don Zero Four. Next show.
Mm-hmm. And then we'll do our top of the 80. So just a reminder to our listeners, uh, we're collecting top 10 lists from the listeners. So just send uh, any of us a DM or any of our pages, your top 10 horror movies in the 1980s, where we do an ultimate list. Uh, it's two weeks away now. So, you know, we're we're getting there. I have one movie left to watch on my 80s list, and then I feel I'm complete uh, for my list. So I'm ready for this. Yeah, mine's done. If I look at it again, I'm going to change it again. So I'm sleeping. Uh, I I just got to watch American um, Werewolf in London. It's been too long, and I don't feel I can rate it properly based off memory. I didn't even even put that into my fucking list. (laughs) See? Yeah. So it's not on my list now, but, you know. My two big decisions, which I'll spoil now, was that, because I haven't seen it long enough, and choosing between Evil Dead and Evil Dead 2. Uh, They hit differently for me. And I respect them both, and I have a one per franchise rule on my list. So, we'll, yeah, we'll Steve's a cheater. Then. I was gonna put Friday Thirteenth Four, Friday Thirteenth Two. <laughs> it's like, yeah, but Evil Dead One and Two are completely different movies. They are totally, yeah. But they hit, yeah, that's right. But I think they're both great, but they hit for different reasons. You know. Mm. Anyway, we'll discuss right. that. Yep. Two weeks from now, three weeks from now, whatever it is. Yep. All right. All right. Thanks for listening. And don't forget the interview with uh, the director and two stars of Slapface. And check out Slapface. It's a really good movie. Definitely worth watching and has a chance of making your 2022 list if you do. so. And you get to listen to Joe on this episode. <laughs> so you'll get a little bit of a, your oh, taste of Joe, Joe. For, the, for the week. Yeah, Your cup <laughs> of Joe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, hey, bye. bye. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Horror Squad podcast, where today we are joined by three very special guests. Their new movie, Slapface, is now available on VOD, digital HD, and DVD for your viewing pleasure. Or you can also check it out over on Shudder if you are a subscriber. Please welcome the writer-director, Jeremiah Kipp, and actors Mike Manning and August Maturo. Gentlemen, it is a pleasure. Thank you so much for joining us today. How you all doing? I'm doing great. <laughs> all at the same awesome. time yeah, yeah right <laughs> awesome uh so uh my first question is gonna be for uh jeremiah uh why don't you start by telling our listeners about Slapface, what it's about and where you came up with the idea for it sure Slapface is about um a little boy named lucas who's growing up in the remote woods with his older brother tom uh, they've lost both of their parents uh, and uh, the, the game of Slap Face is a game that they play together, which is whenever Lucas is getting up, getting into trouble, Tom plays a game that he learned from his father, which is, I will slap you and you will slap me back. And we will do this ritualistically over and over again, because when you do terrible things, it doesn't just hurt other it, it hurts me too. So that's the game of Slap Face. This was actually created in real life uh, by uh, my grandfather and his father. I grew up with my uh, grandparents in the woods of Rhode Island. And my grandfather would tell me stories of his childhood. And those involved some of this system of abuse called Slap Face. Uh, mm-hmm. And the other part that I stole from my grandfather's life was that he was indeed pursued through the woods by three female bullies who would throw rocks at him. But one would always circle back around and say, you're my secret boyfriend, kiss me, but don't tell anyone, otherwise we'll beat you twice as hard uh, because of social currency. Now, Mm. my grandfather did not meet a 10 foot tall witch in the woods or a monster. (laughs) That part comes from, uh, my grandparents are extremely lenient about my viewing habits as a child and I would often watch horror films. So I would watch Dawn of the Dead and the Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Videodrome and The Brood and movies like that. 
and I really loved them and I really embraced them. And I made no separation between those horror films and Grimm's fairy tales where there would be a gingerbread witch. Now, if you took the idea of horror films or the gingerbread witch and put them in counterpoint with mm. this system of child abuse, I thought it created an interesting dialogue between what scares us and what is monstrous. And that was the mm -hmm. genesis of Slapface, the, the, the contrast between what we imagine to be the monster, uh, the gingerbread witch or whatever that creature may be, and, mm -hmm. uh, and the real life horrors that are inflicted upon us uh, by bullies or through trauma or through abuse. Yeah. Um, so Mike and August, this, uh, this next one's for you. Um, what was your reaction uh, after reading uh, this script and uh, how was uh, your experience getting cast for these roles? My, yeah, my reaction was, um, well, originally, so Jeremiah had, had uh, written the script and then he had shot a short film as sort of a proof of concept. Um, and when I watched both the short film and read the script, it was a father-son story. Mm -hmm. And I had reached out to Jeremiah and I said, Jeremiah, I, I love this. What, how do you feel about uh, making it a, a brother story? Um, mm -hmm. You know, and I sort of gave my reasons. I said, you know, with the, the tragedy and with, you know, what if this brother's trying to do the best he can? And Jeremiah was like, okay, let me, let me think about it. Um, and he came back and, and what he did, the changes he made to the script were just fantastic. And it, I think it layered, you know, it added so much more complexity mm -hmm. and tragedy um, yeah. You know, because we've seen the sort of deadbeat dad before, but mm -hmm. if you have that sort of deadbeat dad uh, archetype, that personality, that character, but being fulfilled by mm -hmm. an older brother who was thrust into being a parent before he was ready, who is genuinely trying to be a good older brother and thinks he's doing the right thing in these acts of abuse, it adds, you know, more tragedy and complexity. And so, you know, Jeremiah, I read the script and then I was like, okay, I have to do this movie. And, um, and, and I, so, so I produced the movie. So I, I oh. found the, uh, the rest of the cast and it was very much a, a, a partnership with Jeremiah in, uh, you know, I raised the money and then he brought the crew in that he had worked with on, on many other projects. And then we, you know, reached out to August Maturo and Lee Bay Ber mm -hmm. and, and, and all the other actors that, that you see in the movie. So it was very, it, usually as an actor, you're waiting by the phone for permission to be a part of somebody else's story, a part of somebody else's dream. With this one, I think Jeremiah and I sort of built the house from the ground up together, um, which makes the movie all, all the more special to me. Yeah, awesome. When I, when I first read the script, it was already a brother story, um, but I, I was informed that there was a short film after I read the script and I watched that and that was a, um, a father and son um, dynamic but I really love how it's two brothers because as um as Mike said it's it's it, it brings a lot more complexity to the characters and it it made it made this movie really special and I remember after reading the script I remember re I remember thinking like this is not just a horror this is not just a horror film this is this is drama this is thriller this is everything this is all this is everything combined and i think that's what makes this movie truly special mm -hmm. no definitely uh and uh jeremiah i mean i'm a sucker for uh witches and witch movies in general uh and i really enjoy enjoyed the the approach to the witch design in this movie uh did you go through many design ideas or was this kind of always the vision you had for the witch design in your mind 
Yeah, it was, um, if, it, if you imagine a creature like Frankenstein's monster, which has the mass mm -hmm. and the scale, and then put the gingerbread witch's head on top of that, it mm -hmm. creates a very dysmorphic effect. You know, so it was taking cues from uh, fairy tales, but it was also like taking cues from like monster stories. So like a mm -hmm. witch monster was something that we felt very strongly about. Now, many people contributed to the uh, this creature. Um, our wardrobe designer, uh, Anna Davis, like created this long uh, cowl and uh, robe that was made in many ways like the bark of a tree. So it's a woodland creature. And then the actor, Lucas Hassel, who embodied the role so powerfully, was like, what if there were a bunch of toys and trinkets on the monster's belt to suggest a relationship with children? Uh, and then, uh, of course, working with the special effects department, we created the this gnarled, like, uh, wood-textured, you know, gingerbread creature with the hooked nose. Mm -hmm. And it's like, what would happen if you took that creature and treated it as a full character with wants and desires and needs, uh, not as a prop, not as something that's just intended to jump out and scare you, but as something that could have a relationship with the little boy in much the same way that in the Disney film, The Fox and the Hound, The Fox and the mm -hmm. Hound are incompatible, but forming a relationship. You know, so those were the ideas behind the creation of the monster. And the other thing that makes the monster come to life, of course, is August Vichero's performance, mm. uh, because it's um, acting is reacting. And Lucas Hassel, who created the monster, benefits equally from August Vichero treating the monster with full sincerity. So everyone mm. came together to make this uh, the monster that you saw and heard. Awesome. And uh, for Mike and August, what was uh, your reaction the first time? seeing that uh witch design uh was it a surprise or did you kind of see it off camera or was it on camera the first time you you, you were able to see it Augie? um so i remember um watching this the short film and the the witch looked pretty different from um the movie design and i have to say i i like i like the movie design more because it feels more like a character and less like a prop, like what Jeremiah was saying, and it, it brings so much character to 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 the witch, which usually with with, with fairy tales and uh, all this make believe, there's not really a, a character to stuff like witches or demons, and I think that's what also makes this this movie very unique. And I think Lucas Hassel, the guy who played the monster, did that very well. And I, I think that's, it also helps with um, interpretation for who the monster is. Because mm -hmm. now that there's a, a, there's a personality, there's a character to the witch, people wonder, like, who's the monster, you know? And I feel like um, there's, there's so many different interpretations. There's not one, there's not one clear answer. And I think that's, that's how it is with life too. There's not one clear answer to where, where this monster is coming from, you know? And um, it makes the movie feel so much more real and relatable. Yeah. I'll be honest with you. I was the most nervous about the visualization of the monster. So with, mm. with for Jeremiah, like every, we were in sync with every creative decision along the way, uh, apart from, and it wasn't that I wasn't in sync with this. I was just nervous when he suggested that a six foot, five actor, male actor that he had worked with before named Lucas Hassel um, would be this, this witch creature. 
And, and I was like, are you, are you sure? And throughout the entire process of creating the witch and the, with working with, you know, special effects and makeup and everything. Um, and then I remember being on set the first time and, and standing behind the monitor, just praying that this monster would be convincing. And what we got exceeded all of my expectations. I think, you know, Lucas Hassel brings so much depth just with the movements and just with you know, without words, he brings so much life to this, this witch creature. And, and I'm so glad that, you know, it turned out that way because it, originally I was visu visualizing something very different. And I'm so glad that, you know, that Jeremiah sort of stuck to his guns and said, this is our guy, this is our, hmm. this is our witch. Um, because I think it's, it's such an important part of the movie. Yeah, no, definitely. And I, I mean, I could talk, talk to you guys about this movie for, for hours. Cause I, I mean, I really, I, I loved I really love this movie, but I'm running out of time. So let me uh, leave this with one more question here for all three of you. Of course, horror movies have always been a great conduit um, when dealing with heavy topics, which this movie, of course, touches on um, quite a lot of serious issues and topics. So what is your main hope that the audience will take from this movie after watching it? Well, I mean, I'll, I'll jump because I have a very, very sure. simple answer for this. I think, you know, this movie in the end, you don't really know if the, it is up to the audience to decide if the monster was real uh, yes. or if it was just a, you know, if it's actually there or if it's all in the head of the our Lucas, the little boy. Um, and I think either way, it's this movie, it's not a feel good movie, but it's a feel something movie. And I think it serves mm -hmm. as a reminder that everybody has something going on below the surface that we don't know about as you know regardless of how close we are to them and so i feel like this movie to me i hope that audiences walk away just keeping that in mind and remembering that everybody is going through some type of grief or trauma or something and to just be there for them you know and and be um be an ear when they when they need somebody to talk to yeah, you know, it's the it's the Flintstone vitamin theory in a way. You know, it's like uh, children don't want to take a vitamin, but uh, but if it looks like Fred Flintstone, then of course I will because it's a cartoon yeah. character. <laughs> and it's something that I've always embraced about the horror genre is the ability to use the monster as metaphor for something else. So if you come for the monster and stay for the scares and enjoy the horror and the thriller aspects of the movie. Um, the journey that the audience goes on is one of gradual um, discovery of the inner lives of these characters and the emotion between the abuser and the abuse. And ultimately, what's been deeply rewarding about sharing this film with audiences is that they go to a place they did not expect to go from the poster or from what they anticipated mm -hmm. a boy in his monster movie would be. You know, so when we were hearing from film festivals that audiences were leaving the movie shaken and in tears and having a cathartic, moving experience, uh, that spoke to me deeply. Uh, and uh, I'm deeply grateful that, uh, that they embraced the film in the spirit in which it was made. Awesome. August, I'll give you the last word. Um, I, I love that this movie is even though it's all, you know, it seems like a fantasy, like what Jeremiah said, the, the poster is, is, doesn't explain everything that was, is present in the movie. So I love that people can walk in thinking that they're going to see something and seeing something completely different. And they, and hearing all the reviews about people, um, saying like I'm, I'm not a horror fan but I watched this and I loved it and I, I think I think it's just amazing 
how um, it was it was all so scripted perfectly that not that not only um, horror fans and thriller fans and drama fans can watch this and be happy, but people who are new to the genres too. And they can also enjoy it because it's not it's not too gory. There is gore, not too gory though. <laughs> and there's a whole bunch of um, deeper um, deeper meanings to everything in, 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 in the movie. And I feel like, you know, there wasn't a clear one victim because in a way in a sense all the characters are in are a victim of something mm -hmm. and um that's what i think it, it makes this movie so unique and special mm -hmm. no absolutely and uh gentlemen that uh is about it but that's a great way to wrap it up uh so i thank you so much and everyone make sure you go and check out Slapface now available on pretty much any format so go and check it out See you guys. Thank you, Joe. Thanks so much. who won us.